0: Welcome to The Podcrastinators, bringing you a mixture of comedy, social, and political commentary from New Zealand and around the globe. In other words, the show that's meant to make sense of everything, but quite often doesn't. Hello, I'm Darren Lees, a globally experienced businessman, politically to the right, stand-up comedian, comedy writer, and of course, podcast presenter.
1: And I'm Matt Danaher, I'm an amateur writer, traveller, podcaster, and Instagram influencer and professional union organizer and socialist who likes to be optimistic about a future
0: before we start this week Matt um, I know you're aware of this as well um, some really sad news coming out of the um, Auckland comedy community a good friend and a, and a great bloke um, Ed Rivera um, and his wife Nancy um, have had some tragic news this week Ed and Nancy probably two of the nicest people you can meet on the comedy circuit had just literally started their brand new taco business at uh, Pap Toito market Friday night and after that Nancy was involved in a, t- a terrible road accident which has left um all of the stuff from their business destroyed because the car accident was so serious. And worse still, Nancy hospitalised for quite a while and even more tragic, losing um her baby. So our hearts absolutely go out to Ed and Nancy and really wish a really speedy recovery for Nancy. Um, We do. There is a um, GoFundMe page set up, which we will post to the podcast page on Facebook and and all other links. And even if you guys can just give ten cents, ten dollars, anything, you couldn't meet two nicer people than than Ed and Nancy.
1: Yeah, thanks, Darren. I haven't really got anything to add to that, then other than to say, yeah, go along to the GoFundMe page and stick whatever you can in. That would be very much appreciated,
0: I'm sure. Yeah, it'd be great. uh, Great to see them back on the scene again sometime soon. Um,
1: I hear this week you've been looking into um, fuck Why well, can't open the link now and I've forgotten what it was I've been following your
0: footsteps and looking into large cats oh because so I know
1: you. Karen. you've been looking into a mountain, a mountain lion being caught in downtown San Francisco
0: I have indeed Boy, what a great story a young mountain lion sleeping in a planter box I mean if coronavirus has brought us nothing it's brought us amazing stories of wild animals roaming the streets all over the world just crazy what my favorite line was the disoriented cougar roam the streets for two days i'm like you don't have to go to san francisco today just go to k road to find a disoriented cougar roaming the street and um (laughs) yeah so um well, yeah
1: what I, this, right what i can't, if that was a disoriented um black guy the police would have brought him down within about 5 minutes
0: well um, yeah i think they'd have been there a hell of a lot quicker to be honest with you given their uh, current um their current record in the us but uh, yeah this um, this cougar roaming the streets of san francisco <laughs> remarkable They've eventually caught it and put it back into into um, to captivity and everything like that. So, uh, but just weird, like I'm mountain trying lions.
1: A, I'm trying to think of a comment. Um, I'm trying to think of a joke around San Francisco associating San Francisco more with bears than cougars. Bears? Why would you associate San Francisco with bears? It's a comment on the gay scene, but I'm just trying to think of a way of <laughs> slotting that one in, in, a, in, a, in a, an amusing and yet sensitive way. And I can't. Yeah, so, but... Um, I can't
0: edit this bit out. Yes, I, I can't think of what would be San Francisco and Bear. You know, I, 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 I mean, we could try and think of it as we go along, but um, yeah. Do you, think was, the San Francisco, uh, do you think the Cougar had done a bit much acid? <laughs> it was like a 60s acid casualty. it was obviously sleeping rough so it was obviously going through a hard time
1: yeah well my parents went to san francisco last year and they they said it was worrying how many homeless drug addicts it was full of
0: yeah apparently it's terrible i mean i've been to los angeles and that's appalling that isn't a terrible terrible homeless problem um but when your parents went to san francisco did they remember to wear a flower in their hair my mum did yes wonderful because that
1: song that song is from your and their generation really isn't it
0: oh my generation (laughs) I I know I've got a graying beard of late but I'm not quite sure I'd age another I actually (laughs) don't know how old your parents are actually so I can't say nothing they're in their mid 70s oh oh, yeah that's definitely (laughs) my generation that's me boomer that's me (laughs) <laughs> so what have you been uh, what have you been reading up on that originally I was
1: going to talk about the London parks that smell of semen, but um I'm going to scrap that story um because it was a bit disturbing and I'm gonna scrap it for something a bit more topical, which is that the um the my little po- the adult my little pony fan scene has um decided that they've got a Nazi problem and they're going to try and rid themselves of it.
0: We what are we going to have My Little Ponies wearing brand shirts or something? Well, they already have been. That's
1: the problem. So um, the the story that I'm I'm referring that I've been reading is in the Atlantic magazine, and um, if you look at the link I've posted in the Google Docs, it's actually illustrated with a picture of a My Little Pony shooting a laser beam and smashing a swastika.
0: Which is what? <laughs> I've always associated My Little Pony with Nazi Germany. Yeah, well,
1: that was what attracted my attention to the story. So I got reading, and it is something I've kind of heard of before. So, in about, I I remember My Little Pony from when I was a kid, and I remember my sister watching it. Honest wasn't me. I was watching G.I. Joe and Transformers. Um, But I remember in about 2010, it made a comeback, and a really bizarre adult. Fan scene, mostly young men uh, emerged and they're called um they're called bronies for some reason I don't know why but these are adult male um, mostly straight um people that are really into um, obsessively into my little pony and during the early years of the kind of internet when it was still message boards and forums and things like that um, rather than Facebook. Um, one of the big dividing lines in, in uh, the forum kind of world was um, m- these, these bronies and then people who were anti-brony. And while at the time I was active on some of the message boards, I was kind of not aware of this conflict. I think if I had been, I would have been an anti-brony, I have to say.
0: Um, I don't as a
1: brony. Yeah, no. I've never watched even one minute of the of the new My Little Pony cartoon. And um, I intend to keep it that way, but um, yeah, it's been populated by the um, by the alt right for for many years. They've got really involved in it. And apparently, if you go to the main My Little Pony community online, um, it's mainly made up of people who draw cartoons of their own kind of versions of the My Little Ponies and stick them up and share them. And if you search for racist My Little Pony images, you get over nine hundred results. And it's one main, main
0: community. <laughs> and, you have seriously researched this week, haven't you? You've gone deep this week into this one.
1: Well, I'll post in the show notes, I'll post the link to the Atlantic article <laughs> because that covers all you need to know about My Little Pony fandom and the kind of far-right infiltration of it, or well, not infiltration, but involvement. And it's just really bizarre. It seems to have, but I think it's like something that's reflected elsewhere. It seems to have kind of, it seems to be a real problem on both the right and left at the moment of people getting sucked into these really small communities of like ever decreasing kind of circles of of a great mutual agreement and kind of people creating their own kind of realities that they then drag each other into and i think it's very similar to the flat earthers and people like that as well it's just it seems that there's something within the kind of online community space that encourages this kind of behavior and encourages people to get sucked down these rabbit holes of kind of just bizarre thoughts and ideas that end up becoming quite toxic
0: social media and online presence over the last 10 years has got a lot to answer for right? the one thing the one thing that amazes me about this story is most of my little ponies are, are like rainbow color yeah I know. Exactly. so where the alt-right fit into the rainbow community i have no idea because those two are normally polar opposites, right? The leader of the My
1: Little Pony, well, exactly. The leader of the My Little Ponies is, the actual My Little Ponies, is like called um, Rainbow Sparkle. <laughs> yes. so, yeah, I mean, this was supposed to be a funny story. It's actually not a funny story. It's deep, deeply strange.
0: It is deeply strange, but I think your point around what is going on in the world with just this weird... You know, these people just doing things and um, we've talked before about the online community and your story of the person that started TikTok videos of peeing themselves. And now <laughs> we've got... <laughs> <for that. laughs> and I haven't forgot that you don't know who Pitbull is either. So we'll, uh, we'll maybe come back to that at some point. I've and, forgotten. Uh... <laughs> forgotten I didn't know. I'd have forgotten who Pitbull is again. <laughs> Um, but like TikTok is buying or or applying for loads of tickets to a Trump rally and then not turning up just so he's got empty seats. I mean, the thing's just gone insane, right? Although,
1: I, I have to say, if that was true, and I'm not convinced that was true that they did that, that was hilarious. I don't mind mass trolling, even if somebody I agree with, not that I agree with Trump, obviously, but I don't mind like mass trolling as like a prank. That's, um, that's quite funny and cool it's when these kind of communities become sort of really toxic and they attack people for saying the slightest thing so you know while the article while the article talking about the my little ponies is about somebody being attacked for supporting black lives matters it can be just as bad on the o- on the other end of the spectrum as well um you know on the left where i might feel more comfortable but somebody will say some somebody who's mainly progressive views will say one thing that's maybe slightly out of kilter and they'll just get leapt on and torn apart as well it's you know both sides are doing it it's
0: oh, like, look, you know and i've um, had some interesting experience we're kind of going away from the funny story thing a little bit but yeah. oh, I'll bring sorry. that back with my ups story or whatever i've got coming up soon but i had like a really weird experience this morning because as you know i have some opinions on <laughs> the current government's performance, which we'll kind of talk about later, no doubt. And I made a relatively innocent comment about, um, you know, just what I thought was going on um, with the um, with the current government, and it was not too uh, bad. And then I got called an envious old white man. <laughs> Right, so that was, so I replied with, here comes the leftist shame brigade again. And then someone came back to me and went, so are you even a Kiwi? And I was like, and that matters why? Like, that matters how? Why? And it was just like, to your point, you know, the left and the right. I mean, in in, in the UK, I wasn't there at Brexit, but like the taunting from the right was horrific by all the points um, towards the. The, the you know, the people who didn't want Brexit. Um, but like at the moment, the whole hard-to-earn thing is you can't have an opinion without being accused of being an angry white man or, you know, just it's just bizarre. Um, there's almost like there's this shame culture that you can't hold an opinion anymore. Um, and that's really quite sad because that's the end of democracy when you start doing stuff like that.
1: Yeah, well, I do think there's a whole issue on both sides with civility and actually giving people the the space to be able to share their opinions without being scared of sharing them. You could always go to
0: the Podcrastinators website and uh, or or Facebook page. We're happy for people to share their opinions there.
1: Yep, definitely. In fact, we had quite a lot of reactions to um, the Jamie Lee Ross interview and to the JJ Whitehead one.
0: Yeah, no, that was superb. That's- actually, so we actively encourage all of that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Welcome. Just try and keep it reasonably polite.
0: <laughs> I, I will wreck that, though. I will wind somebody up at some point, and it will go off the track somewhere along the line. So, um,
1: I, I used to love winding people up on the days of anonymous message boards. <laughs> but, you know, it was even it was all in good fun then. You'd never try and actually destroy someone's life and get them fired from their job. Um, unfortunately, that seems to happen quite a lot now.
0: Yeah, well I'll show you something. I'll tell you someone else that's funny because you know I, I I do a bit of social media around the place for one reason or another and I, I made a comment about um, on LinkedIn and I very rarely post political comments on LinkedIn oh God because, <laughs> because of course that's where my career stuff is like <laughs> my paid career stuff but risk unfortunately risk. this week I couldn't help but um, compare new zealand's potential financial performance coming out of the lockdown to australia's and of course that drew lots of comments as well but what was even more interesting than that, than that was i generally get a few people that look at my profile and stuff like that this week because i made a political comment on linkedin My profile views are up 580%. (laughs) Wow, I might go and give that a go. I am on LinkedIn, so. 580% increase in profile views because of one comment. And it wasn't even controversial. It was literally comparing New Zealand's financial position to what Australia's is going to (laughs) be. So I've either just lost a heap of future potential employment opportunities or I'm going to go and end up representing a political party in about two and a half months' time.
1: Well, you, know, I, you might end up as Economic Affairs spokesman for Advanced New Zealand.
0: I could do that, actually. I could yeah. do that. I'm going to ring Jamie. But as you know, I can't actually go to Parliament if I go and represent Jamie, because his um, one of his manifesto items is that you have to be a New Zealand citizen for 10 years. That's right. Of and I've only been a New Zealand citizen for, this is year seven. So I would have to just be, I'd have to give it to one of his list MPs. Yeah. Shame. So,
1: anyway, um, let's bring it back around to funny stories. Bring it back to funny stories.
0: Doorbell camera records Amazon driver following unusual instructions. I think this is great because when you ever order something and it's go any additional instructions, I've always gone, I'd really like to do something like could you ring the bell standing on one leg um, or something like that. But today, but this week, someone actually did this. A 13 year old boy ordered a package from Amazon and in the special message instructions, um, do you need additional instructions for this address? Uh, No, not specifically, but knock the door three times, scream abracadabra and run away as fast as you can. (laughs) And there's a doorbell cam, so I'm going to post this to the page as well. There's a yes. doorbell cam actually showing this driver doing exactly that. Uh, so I go fair play to the Amazon driver because that's outstanding. No, that's um,
1: amazing. I did watch the video, and she is um, she deserves deserves a medal.
0: But to me, if someone said, scream at this door and run away, I'd be actually scared of who's the other side of the door, <laughs> just in case.
1: Yeah, I would be nervous of um, giving someone a heart attack in case it was all an elaborate
0: murder. No, that's right. Yeah, an elaborate scam. So that, I thought that was a pretty cool story. That happened in Delaware in the United States.
1: Yeah, of course. That's definitely an American story.
0: Uh, that would happen nowhere else, right? Um, is there, uh have you got anything else that you've uh, got from the week
1: well yeah again not really funny but interesting to the political geek in us and obviously a good follow up from um the Jamie Lee Ross interview uh in episode 2 or was it 3 i can't remember now um so radio new zealand has got a uh, podcast um on the role of the minor parties in new zealand politics uh-huh. so, it looks at, um, for instance, the long, long-serving long parties like the Legalised Cannabis Party of Aotearoa, um, the Social Credit Party, or probably the most well-known ones, um, and, and various others, Outdoor Recreation Party and, and so on. And um, makes the point that even though none of them, maybe none of them have ever had a chance of winning uh, seats in Parliament, although the Social Creditors did come close, I think, it did actually win a couple of seats back under the old system. Um, you know, they're, they're pretty eccentric parties with some pretty odd ideas, but, you know, they the point's made that the legalised cannabis party have always had their name on the ballot line, and now we finally have a referendum on it, and how much of that is influenced by them always keeping the agenda in the public eye, whether they win seats or not. So, yeah, yeah. It is
0: interesting, yeah, whether that's actually, can can a minor party really sway public opinion? I mean, we haven't really had this discussion on the legalised cannabis thing, um, so I should imagine the next time it's us two, that could be quite an interesting discussion point because mm. I have a feeling that we could be on the opposite end of the spectrum on that one. I don't know why, but...
1: Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sat here smoking a, a massive blunt. <laughs>
0: I'm just sitting here doing cocaine. I think cannabis is way weak. But
1: um, my my personal view is I'd legalize all drugs, like Portugal, not because they're fun, but because you can address them in a medical way.
0: uh, Yeah, and it probably takes the underground element away from it, I guess. But um, yes, um, I notice on your story as well that advanced New Zealand still hasn't been registered as a party. Yep, still haven't got those 500 members. So I might have to send him a note and ask him how that's coming along. I don't want my two dollars to go to waste.
1: (laughs) Well, I was wondering if if we should actually on sort of during the election campaign, the short campaign, we should actually go and do a bit of a recording out on the campaign trail with him. See if he'll let us um, go and film him door knocking and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I, I would. I would join any political party. Maybe on a maybe one Saturday, you go and do the Labour Party, and I'll go with the National Party somewhere. I'll uh, be
1: doing the Labour Party every Saturday already. So,
0: oh, you're okay then. <laughs> I, I'm just a bit of a fair weather political person, obviously, but um, you know, I'd like to go out on the trail and just to see what what response all parties are getting. To be honest with you, mm. maybe you should go with the National Party one day, and I'll go with the Labour Party. Maybe we should do that. Yeah, I think that might be more interesting, actually. I think that would be quite good fun, actually. I mean, I'm not quite sure how I'd cope with you, crazy lefties, in my ear all day, but, um, you know.
1: Yeah, well, that's the I'd feel a bit embarrassed because I don't draw, drive a, a Rolls Royce or a Mercedes.
0: <laughs> and I do, of course.
1: <laughs> or an Audi. I don't know. What you, do you drive, I bet you drive an Audi. I,
0: I, I did drive an Audi when I lived in the UK, company car, so I'd never own a car um so i have no assets no i uh i, I dare not say this car in case someone sees me in the street and eats me and um, i drive a kia stinger
1: oh nice i used to drive a kia back home actually nice
0: quality, quality
1: engineering definitely i'm a big fan of kia's
0: yes very good very nice car mm. way too fast for someone with my addictive personality mm. so um i have broken my own record in it but i'm not going to talk about that on air in case you Labour, I'd send the police round to kick my door in because you allow them to now. So do you think Todd Muller's a bigger threat than Simon Bridges? No.
1: he's less of a
0: threat. Do you think that Nikki Kaye is a better threat than Paula Bennett?
1: I don't know, because what I don't trust is that a lot of my fellow um, Labour supporters and, and Green supporters and other progressively-minded people... Um, think that she is a threat, but I think that's because we're putting our values and frames on her. Whereas I don't know how good she'd be at motivating the National Party base. Um, I think Paula Bennett might actually be better at that. I think Paula Bennett's very underrated in terms of her intelligence and competency. I think she's quite a good politician, actually.
0: Well, She's I not a talk very effective deputy, but... Yeah. No, I think she's pretty astute politically. What I'm interested in is I want to talk about your girl, Chloe Swarbrick, um, challenging Nikki Kaye for Auckland Central. What the fuck is that about? Bro, she stood last time, didn't she, as well? I don't know if she stood for Auckland Central. No, yeah, she not. done stood against her in the past. I, I found that out the other day. I yes. done stood against Nikki Kaye and got spanked. So... Why I just was
1: funny electorate yeah, I don't know why um because I think the labor candidate Helen White in Auckland Central yeah um, and you know it is one of those seats which could be won by labor potentially so I do think that if the greens want a labor green government they should be thinking about what seats they're running in a bit more carefully um but at the same time, I don't think Labour's got an automatic. I don't think we've got an automatic right to not be challenged, and I think we would also have to stand down in some seats in favour of the Greens, which we're not going to do. So um, I don't blame them for doing it. No, I don't know. I think I think having Chloe Swarbrick running in a high-profile seat is a bit like having Christopher Luxton running in Botany, right? He, she's like an equivalent to him in many ways. It's like a celebrity, well-respected um charismatic um you know why not have a running in a high profile seat against i
0: think because i think all you're going to do is split your vote i don't think you're going to attack national at all i mean really if the national party oh i don't know how they were going to do this for smart really christopher Luxon in botany is a waste of a top grade candidate because to be honest we spoke to Jamie, right? And Jamie's very polarizing um, because of his history and everything like that. But Jamie's actually a really articulate politician and we will always differ over the, the past and everything like that. But he's actually a super articulate politician who's actually got some reasonably good ideas, but nationally can't guarantee which way he's going to go. So they're having to put an A-grade politician in there instead of trying to mend bridges or do something about it. Uh, Whereas Loxton could quite easily go and challenge a minor green seat or a minor uh, Labour seat and probably win it. Uh, Instead, they're going to... Sorry? No, that's true. Yeah.
1: But no, he could. Um, That's very true. And then it would be... Get a high-profile scalp. But I think the thing that people forget is that actually the, the MMP system means that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter actually whether, like I'd, I'd love to see in Nelson, I'd love to see um, Rachel Boyack, who's a good trade unionist, Labour Party person. I'd love to see her beat Nick Smith, who's a dickhead in my opinion. But the Greens are running in Nelson uh, and always do. And, um, you know, they run a strong campaign and basically Labour would win Nelson if it wasn't for the Greens dividing the vote. But actually, it doesn't matter because it's the list vote that counts and that's all that can-
0: I mean, obviously, as we get close to the election, we're going to have some great conversations, right? Because there's just so much going on. It's unreal. Oh, um, and these
1: things are changing so quickly, and we'll be able to see poll leads collapse overnight or spike even higher. And we just don't know.
0: Look, are- I think your your comments about Todd Muller, you know, obviously, it's a concern for the National Party. And and we're not going to have a lot of time to go into this on this edition, on this episode, but... Your girl, Jacinda's just had a mare the last week. No, if we'll then he's find, going wrong for
1: No. The media, it's, it's the fucking media, just... Um, they no. brought all wankers this week. And the me-
0: week. Oh, so the media fucking let everybody out of a hotel without testing them. The oh, media, of okay. course, the collapse of the Auckland light rail system. The media's fault that Winston and Jacinda don't get on, you know... She, uh, it's the media's fault that she'd gone and played into the Ihumatu thing and shouldn't have done it. It's none of her business. You know, that, none of that's the media's fault. That's just the problem for Jacinda, in my opinion. She's this superstar politician who is very good at communication and smiling and social media, politically pretty naive, and really does not have a superstar cabinet. So when one thing goes wrong, there's really, really no depth to her cabinet, right? David Clark, disgraceful that he still has a job. And that in itself shows up her weakness as a leader because there's no doubt about it. He should be fucking. Today, he threw Ashley Bloomfield under the bus live on TV. And I don't care whose fault all of this is. You just do not do that to your own people. So I
1: haven't seen that was today, so I can't comment on that. But no, uh, if he's done that, then that's inexcusable.
0: And, and about um, it. I was laughing about it in the background while Bloomfield was getting slaughtered. I mean, I don't really care and mind much about Ashfield, but Ashley Bloomfield, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm okay with him. But Clark's behaviour, and and this has happened with Shane Jones. It's happened with Winston Peters. David Clark and at no point has Ardern ever bought anybody. The sex offender, she's never held anybody to account.
1: Well, uh, yeah, David Clarke, um, to be honest, not much of a comment because I don't massively disagree with you. I think I think he, he deserves to go um, and he shouldn't even be in Parliament next time and I've disappointed how high he is on the list. Oh. A, I think
0: that's a big mistake. Consider that she'd supposedly relegated him to the bottom of the list.
1: Yeah. Although, having said that, the leader doesn't necessarily get to say who sits where well on that yeah, list. To some extent, some extent. What well, I will take your points in order. So, um, in in some order. So, again, you know, the, the Winston and Shane stuff. It was always going to be a problem. You know, we've talked about it before. New Zealand First are a problem. True. I think the decision to go into coalition with them was the right one because you had to. The chance was offered. They had to take it. They'd been massively criticised and rightly so if they hadn't. Um, it was always going to be problematic, and it was especially in the final year, when New Zealand first desperately have to differentiate themselves to um, to, to return to Parliament at all, given that they've always been wiped out in the past, after coalitions. Um, I think Shane Jones has always been problematic. He's an awful person.
0: He's, an, um, he's a hideous individual.
1: Winston, I've probably actually got more time for him than you have, but, um, you know, There's huge issues with New Zealand First as a party, and I'll be quite happy to see a parliament without them in it next time. And hopefully, you know, hopefully they won't return.
0: It's about ego. It's not about the good of the country. It's about Winston being kingmaker. And I'm just like, you know, your point about them needing to do the coalition was correct because they couldn't govern without them. And to be honest, if National wanted to work with Winston, they were the government, that they were going to be the government, right? but they stood by principle and they refused to work with him. The problem is, and and in a way I kind of thank him, so this is kind of contradictory, Labour have been able to do nothing because him and Ardern can't agree on capital gains tax, abortion reform, gun reform. They just can't agree on anything. So you end up with a lame duck government that really can't enact any change. I mean, the, the rail collapses because New Zealand First and Labour can't agree. And it was an interesting comment today from someone in the Labour Party when, oh, well, that's OK, we'll revisit it after the election. Well, one, who the fuck says you're going to get back in? Two, who says you're not going to need a coalition again? And three, if it's the Greens, they don't fucking going to back any form of transportation. So, yeah, very well, weird. They
1: say, no, they will. If you see, um, if you see the Greens' trans- public transport policies, massively wide-ranging actually just to come back to um some of those points look i do agree with you on balance you know i do agree with you about new zealand first don't want them in um i don't want them back in kind of value I, winston is, is character value nothing else and he certainly makes my day job a lot harder believe me the 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 light rail thing look to be honest i actually think yes that is a publicly doesn't look great but actually if it had gone through my personal view is that it would have been a massive white elephant, because um, it's not light rail, right? Light rail's not a thing. It's a tram. Yeah. When the fuck has a modern tram ever brought value to a city? Um, I used to live just down the road from Edinburgh in Newcastle, and you'd go up to Edinburgh for years on end. You'd go up to Edinburgh, and you'd see the tram that they were building that cost billions, billions and billions, and ended up like just running for a couple of kilometres. And It's just embarrassing. I am a bit of a public transport fan and geek, and I'm actually a fan of Auckland Transport. I think Auckland Transport are a great organisation. That's definitely, and I'm being serious, and that's definitely for another episode. But, um, you know, what I would say is, um, as a and I'm a big fan of um, Christian Walmart, a transport journalist back home as well, and actually supported his mayoral campaign a couple of years ago. Um, my personal preference is um, for uh, bus rapid transit, which is like what you've got up on the North Shore. Yeah. It's cheap. You have dedicated bus lanes that cars can't physically drive in, and that's it. And then you just have very frequent buses, more frequent than we have already. And do that. That's so they go at the same speed if not faster than trams. It's milli billions of dollars cheaper. And um, you can if it doesn't work, you can tear it up again really easily and cheaply. So you you that, all, that's the way that's the way forward. Yeah, well. That's the nature of living in a small country with a kind of isthmus where your biggest city's on an isthmus, right? Yeah. We need another bridge, but well, how much would that cost? Or a tunnel? So, yeah, or a tunnel. But again, you know, um, how much does that cost? So
0: yeah, tunneling is notoriously expensive in New Zealand because the land's notoriously not
1: exactly. good. Enough. Yeah. Exactly. So you know, you're stuck between a rock and a hard place, pun intended. Um, with that, but I actually think that the issue at the beginning, and I, I'm a, I actually admire. Bill Twyford in many ways, and I think he's a good politician. Um, when I went, to... <laughs> you're fucking
0: kidding. The, no. the master of disaster of Kiwi bills.
1: No, he's very underrated. No, well, he took on too much. But when I went to a uh, public meeting just after the last election, he was talking about the uh, the tram project. Um, I just had that episode of The Simpsons going through <laughs> my head where the guy comes to try and sell them a monorail.
0: Yes, I remember that one. I don't watch many Simpsons, but I do know that one.
1: Yeah, and that was so. Uh, it was I was deeply worried. So personally, I hope this tram system thing never comes back. It's a terror. Oh, I love trams. Don't get me wrong. Love going to an Eastern European city, jumping on a tram, or even going to like a modern tram in Norwich or Manchester or something. Right, they're cool. But that's you know once they exist and they've been existing for a few years, it's good. Being the government that's bringing in a tram system or the council that's bringing in a tram system, you are destroying your chances of winning an election for like. 12 never. years
0: if but not uh,
1: yeah potentially because they just they're so expensive and why what's the point when you've got buses that's a long way of saying that i'm happy to see the back of the light rail system i, I don't care if that's a defeat next thing is uh, the borders Ah, oh. let's talk about so um oh. i think this episode we're going to call I've, I've proposed um bordering on fast i like it because I think that you can look at that either way, like that could either be a criticism of the government or the opposition's attempts
0: to yeah.
1: make something out of um you know, make a mountain out of a molehill. I, I think that this is just, you know, it's a failure of process here. Um I'm not gonna I'm not gonna disagree with this, but I don't think the government can necessarily
0: be blamed for it. And I don't
1: think I don't They're
0: think the borders. They're I in control th- of the borders and to say <laughs> it's a mountain out of a molehill um when we're talking about the spread of the most deadliest pandemic in 30 years, just incompetence. And I know where this is going to go. It's going to go, well, National asked them to be let out the hotel. Um, I don't think National actually asked them to let out the hotel without testing. And National referred that to the Ministry of Health. So it wasn't that National just turned up and opened the door and let them out.
1: Well, it might have been Tud Muller or one of the other 12 MPs that looks like him. But there's only <laughs> footage of a bald headed oh, white man oh, oh, going oh, up and opening the door. No, seriously, no, no. though.
0: It, it was fucking Homer Simpson. Oh, that description. It was obviously Homer Simpson that went and did it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After rejecting the, the, the monorail. The monorail?
0: Um, it's like, fuck it, let's have cars that drive 700 kilometres without needing to refuel. <laughs>
1: <laughs> fuck it, right, cock-ups happen. And be it,
0: fuck it, there's like 400,000 people dead around the world. Fuck it. Yeah, but look. It's, all, it's they're on top
1: of it now there doesn't seem to be any community transmission still
0: as a result of this 4 out of 55 people got tested before release yeah I know that's crazy right that's absolutely crazy this is crazy. the second time right that if this doesn't happen that Ardern has dodged a fucking massive bullet on the borders it needed a petition from National to shut it first time and if she gets away with it again well fuck I'm going to give up on politics because like <laughs> I don't know how many bullets she wants to dodge but it's okay. We can all have piano cake.
1: Well, look, I I think I still haven't looked at that yet. By the way, <laughs> I I think it's exactly the kind of thing that could have happened to, under John Key, and that he would have would have got away with scot free, and the media wouldn't have turned into a massive shit, as big a shitstorm as they have. So yeah, it's been a stressful week for her, no doubt, but I don't think it's been a I don't think it's been a game changer in any way. Actually, I I don't sense a um hard because of your background it's hard to see but i'm going to um, go straight after this um i i think that i'm not going to disagree that it's a fuck up but i just don't think it's particularly symptomatic of um the government in general um and i don't which you do i think that it's the kind of thing they can recover from fairly easily and i think it's the same i think exactly the same thing could have happened under a national government i think that there is this is controversial two british guys on a podcast in New Zealand. Um, Don't want to piss off the Kiwis too much, but I think there is an issue with the Kiwi she'll be right approach to things sometimes. And I think that this is much more symptomatic of that than of a particular failing of this government. But I do think if something similar happens and this issue hasn't been resolved,
0: then I would start to get very concerned. I've just had a big ironic moment. There's two British guys talking about the Kiwi she'll be right. Which oh, was no, created. No, which, British... which, no, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let me finish. And all of this was created by two British women who just fucked off. <laughs> well, two British guys criticised the the system of two British women who just turned Thelma and Louise who just turned up and um, drove down. It was it was no well, criticism of you at all. One. It was just really funny that yeah, two yeah. British guys. Talking about the, the Shelby rides, right, which was created by two British women. Know, so. <laughs> Look at our own fucking country.
1: Look at our own home country, right? Oh, it's a fucking disgrace. Like forty-two thousand deaths, which I'm sure is lower than the number I saw a couple of weeks ago.
0: Yeah, sixty, I've heard.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> uh, you know, so I, I am absolutely not casting too many aspersions on this country. You know, natural natural borders and water and all the rest of it, not withstanding. Um,
0: I, I think, just was, I oh think
1: no. the team of five <laughs> millions have done have, have done a blinding job. Um, but um, I, I just also think that what's happened is not something that can be... I just think it could have happened under either government. Um,
0: and, and anything and like that could potentially happen, right?
1: So, yeah. And I, so I do think it's a mountain out of a molehill in that way. But let's, don't get me wrong, right? If we see a single case of community transmission now, that will be very, very disappointing, given all the fucking effort and sacrifice everyone in this country's put in to stopping that from happening. Um, And there's no way we can lock down again as a country either. We'll not be able to. People won't abide by it for a start. And I just don't, you know, and the economy couldn't stand it. So what would we do? I mean, that's how I do... Absolutely do
0: think it's very serious indeed. Um, we'd, end, we'd end up at herd immunity because you're absolutely right. To quote Meatloaf, you took the words right out of my mouth. Um, and, and, I'll do anything for love, but I won't do that. <laughs> oh, just like a bad out of hell. Like listening to people and reading Facebook comments, and I know everybody always says this, um, but there's so many people that have just gone, we go back to level two, I'm not doing it. I know you don't love Mike Hoskin, but I, I listened to Hoskin this morning, and he turned around to Stuart Nash, and he just went, I'm telling you now, I'm not doing it again. This country's sacrificed too much already, and I think it would be, I think if we did get community transmission, one, it would be disastrous, two, it would be disastrous for Ardern, because there's no way she would be able to enforce a lockdown again, and then we would see mass community spread, and it would be a disaster for the country, so and and I never want to have harm on anybody, right? Whilst for the National Party, one community transmission would be a political fucking, you know, just like political goals. Me being looking at the wider panacea of the country, and even though it might work in Ardern's favour, it's the last thing I want to see from oh, a business course. point of view because it would be fucking disastrous and soul-destroying for everybody who went through what they went through, for something like this to just destroy it all.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And heads should roll for it, and there should be an invest- full investigation uh, into exactly what happened. Um, well, you know, I'm not going to shed any tears <laughs> if his head rolls. <laughs> There's no way. Hey, um, so I have to go. Um,
0: Great discussion.
1: Any conclusions with that other than agreeing to disagree? <laughs>
0: Oh, no real. I mean, look, I think what we do agree on is we don't want to see community spread. Right. We don't want to see the country locked down again. Um, whatever political um, gain either side can make, I, I'm, I've no interest in going yeah. through what we've gone through again. Uh, so we definitely agree on that. Um, the political stuff is just going to roll on for the next 90 days, right?
1: Is there be plenty of other, there'll be plenty of other opportunities to beat us yet. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> I have every confidence in the dangers of the uh, election campaign. So what recommendations have you got for the next week or so? Uh,
0: well, I've, I've, I've got a few. I mean, obviously the great thing is that um, comedy um, mm. which is back, which is of major interest to us. The classic is back. Really strong sold-out shows, which is excellent. One, people are going out. Uh, number two, people want comedy. And number three, an iconic venue. Hopefully now gets a chance to rebuild. A recommendation, come to Zach's Bar on Saturday night, 9 till t- 9 till 11pm. I've got the pleasure of um, doing stand-up there. MC Matt Coombe, guest off episode two, um, is emceeing. Cheryl Coyle, Matt's grandma, also from episode two. She's also performing at Zach's Bar. And I believe your good self has got some performances coming up this week. Well, thanks to you,
1: I am in reserve at Zach's Bar, so I will be there. Um, so anyone who wants to come and take issue with anything we've said about the Kiwi "She'll Be Right" attitude, come and um, take us on there. Darren will be more yeah. identifiable because he'll definitely be on stage. So Feel <laughs> free to heckle him. I'll, I'll be keeping my head down and keeping my accent Kiwi. The the classic um, on Monday, the, this coming Monday at 7:30 p.m. or from 7:30 p.m. It's part of the Raw heats. I may also be on in on the Hungry.
0: And um, what I actually personally think is number one, I think it was you that actually brought up the Kiwi will be right attitude. And number two, <laughs> if someone wants to make an exception of make take exception to someone, the classics are way better fucking stage to do that against somebody. So I'm going to turn top. up there. I'm going to turn up there to watch somebody tank Mad apart about the Kiwi be right attitude, and I'll be at Saks Bar buying people a pint. Agreeing that like all rail systems that anyone in Auckland's ever trying to do a complete white elephant, including the CRL. But um, yeah, recommendations, get out. Um cool restaurants, white and Wongs, Newmarket. What a fantastic restaurant that is. There's one in Newmarket now. Yeah, there is, yeah, in the new Westfield. And if you like Southern style food, Miss no. Claudia at Jellicoe Street, beautiful. No, don't like seven. Southern style food at all. Well, so you've never been to KFC. <laughs> exactly.
1: What is like what is Southern Style Food? It's basically just like expensive KFC with more soil. Now,
0: what jambalaya? I don't even know what that is. Oh, come on. <laughs> Go and listen to the carpenters. Oh, who's the carpenters? <laughs> I do know who the carpenters are.
1: They're the guys that do the woodwork. Um <laughs> fuck, I couldn't think of anything <laughs> funny to say about that. I do have a I do have a food recommendation though, but I've forgotten the who? name Oh. So I tell you what though, that's reminded me of what I went to see last Saturday after the food, which was Jared Fell and Alan uh, McIlroy. I think his name McElroy, is McIlroy. That's him. It was Friday night, wasn't it, or was
0: it Saturday
1: night? It was Saturday night. Um, I think. Maybe it was Friday um, in Ponsonby B at the one six four bar or something. I forget now. Anyway, it was a nice venue. Fuck me! I know more about it. So I didn't even go. <laughs> I know, I have this ADHD memory. I've got a neurological problem that causes. Oh shit! So have you though? So I've got no excuse. Um, so five bar. I think it was called. Cool. Yeah. Anyway, um, Jared Fell and Alan McElroy. Um, fantastic uh, double act. Um, Jared fell um, up to his normal cheeky magic tricks, with lots of um, you know, don't take your uh, kids, but you can take your grannies.
0: Um, definitely. At the Comedy Festival, he actually does do a kid's show as well. I've actually been and seen it. I'm sure he'd be really good at a kid's show, actually. He did, he did do one, and my, he pulled my daughter, my eldest daughter, on stage when he did it. Oh, wow. <laughs> Not that I knew him back then, of course, but uh, and oh. my other quick interesting fact about Jared Fell, five years ago when I very, very first had my one-off go at comedy and did a Raw Monday at the Classic, he was the MC. Oh, wow.
1: Well, there you go. Um... Yeah,
0: anyway, if you get a chance to see him,
1: uh, see his new show, or Alan McElroy, um, I would strongly recommend going to take that opportunity.
0: And um, just on the wider comedy thing, get to Flosston Paradise, Thursday night, uh, Jamie Patterson's room. That is always a massive, strong uh, load of comedians. It um, is, actually. Dong, It is very strong. The Ding Dong Lounge uh, with Gary Dooley, and the classic as always, Raw Mondays, every Monday, Matt hat next Monday night. Zach's Bar every Saturday night, Mr Wong's once a month, and I'm sure I've missed one or two. Oh, Garnet Station, Brendan Lovegrove every Sunday night. And Trilogy, Trilogy on a Wednesday? Trilogy? Oh, no, Trilogy's cancelled at the moment. Oh, is it? Oh, there well, Yeah, I can't, Trilogy's off the moment. I only performed there once and it fucked it. So. <laughs> well, no,
1: that's it, because you're... um, and I'm so disappointed because I've still got such a fucking good joke for if I'm ever on there. I am saving that joke. It will only work there, but I am saving it up for the opportunity. Even if in three years even if three years is the first time I get on there, I will be using that joke.
0: So I hope I named all of the seven great comedy bars that are in Auckland. I've got a feeling I missed one for some reason, but um, if I yes. did, I really apologise and we'll edit it in later. Well,
1: we're but still the, not sure if Pits and Giggles is back yet.
0: No, no. Pits so and not, Giggles uh, uh, would make eight. Which we're not going to uh, mention that. That's a red bar. Um, oh, uh, I, will
1: put a, I will put a link in the show notes if it happens to still be on. Yes. What is that? There's floston and Zach's Garnet. Fucking hell. This is quality podcast and I'm
0: leaving all this. Classic. Uh, Two dong. old guys trying to remember stuff. We're like those guys in at the balcony on the Muppets. No, <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> this anyway. Is, this is going to be a 20 minute episode. When I finish uh, no, by the time you've took all the shit out of it it'll probably be about six <laughs> episodes <laughs> I can't
1: remember I can't remember half of what we've talked about already and I didn't, even get, ju- I didn't even get to talk about the parks that smell of spunk uh,
0: I reckon you should start off with that next week and I reckon all the stupid shit at the end you should just leave in because it just shows what fucking amateurs we really are
1: I will no I, I do I want all those um, famous guests that people are trying to get for us I want them to hear this episode
0: and I'm not going to say the name, but you can leave this in. But I've just had a note to say that somebody has accepted coming on the show. Woo-hoo.